And as our theme for the fall is going back to the basics, we're going back to the basics of this church and how we got started and what our vision was and what our mission is and what our values are. So last week we talked about our vision, that we want to be people that experience God's beautiful restoration. But today we're going to talk about our values. So if you could put up the value slide for me, that should be right at the end of the announcements, hopefully. These are our values that we began with, to love all, to serve all, and to welcome all. So you can see why that song was created uh, for us that we sang earlier, and we're going to take some time this morning and give you three talks. So you're going to get three mini talks this morning. I call these the HCC TED Talks, and each one is going to be about a value that we espouse. So we're going to begin with love all. And we're going to begin with Pastor Angel. But just before he comes, would you join me in a word of prayer this morning? Father God, we thank you so much for this beautiful day, God. I thank you for these beautiful brothers and sisters and friends and family that are here today. That we can gather together in your name. That we can lift up your praises, God. Lord, we pray for those that can't be here today, God. Lord, we pray for safety over those who are traveling, God. We pray for healing in Jesus' name for those who need healing, Lord God. Lord God, we say a special prayer over our young people, our youth and our children, God. That you would bless them, that they would grow strong in the Lord, Lord. We pray over those who have just recently given birth, Lord God. We celebrate with them. And for those that are about to give birth in the coming months, we pray for them as well this morning, Lord God. Lord, we just pray that you would extend your protection, your provision, and your healing touch, Lord God, over each and every person, Lord God. Lord, we ask now that your Holy Spirit would guide us uh, into places that you want to speak to us this morning, Lord God. And I just pray, God, that we would hear uh, your voice speaking to us, God, calling us to live out and be the kind of people that you want us to be, God. We acknowledge and worship you, Jesus Christ, as our one and only Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. So would you do me a favor and please welcome Pastor Angel, who's going to kick us off with love all. guys doing come on how you guys doing harper city church um we're gonna jump right into it because uh pastor only gave us 10 minutes and i know he's gonna be in the back like my wife too my wife oh, my wife too she's gonna be timing me this morning because as you guys all know i am a youth pastor here but i love to talk so and definitely when it comes about god's word so um let's go into it um before we start, can we just all set like an even ground? Can we just set even ground? Can we just all say, can we, can we say that no matter what is written in the Bible, no matter what is written there, that's for us to live out, right? That's the way for us to, um, that's the way for us to, to live our daily walk and what to do and what not to do. Can we all agree on that? Like we live our, our, our lives by the scripture, right? Okay, awesome. So now that we are in even ground, we're going to start off with a scripture, John 3, 16. And you guys all, oh, I know that scripture already. Let's read it, okay? I'm going to read it from the, um, from the ESV uh, version, all right? So we're going to go John three sixteen. Here it goes. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. That whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. 
but it but in order that the world may be saved through him whoever believeth in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe in him condemned already because he has not believeth in the name of the son of god we all know that scripture i mean i could bet most of us can quote that scripture like fast right and the thing about it is that scripture is actually the one of the most popular scriptures out right like it's one of the most popular scriptures everybody quotes it i mean we have seen it in tattoos we have seen it in in billboards we have seen it on sneakers um we have seen it on shirts i mean we've seen that scripture pretty much everywhere right everybody knows that god loves them everybody knows that god loves them and god accepts them you see like it kind of reminds me of, like, my son, he loves watching YouTube. Like, like little YouTube videos, like toy, uh, little toy um, shows and cho- toy reviews. And he comes, Papa, I want this for Christmas. And he wants everything that's on there, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. You'll forget by, like, by tomorrow. And the thing about it is that he watches it so much. He watches it so much that I really, I already started memorizing, without listening, without realizing it, I memorized a lot of the songs. Right, like have a uh, youth. Uh, what is it? Uh, have a funnel, funnel vision day. Right, that's one of the quotes that they say. Or have you ever had a song that you do dislike, that you just don't like, but for some reason you know every word to that song? Like we all been there. Like I mean, I have heard so. Like I am so tired of certain songs because literally I know the words, and I'm like, that's one of the worst songs I have ever heard. But I know every word right and that's basically this scripture that you have we have heard it the world has heard it so much that they memorize it and they know it you see john 3:16 so god so loved the world i know two things about every single person that's here I know two things about every single person that is not here. That every person is looking to be loved and to be accepted. People have a heart, people heard that God's love, that God loves them so much. But the problem of, of them accepting God's love is that they've been beaten by the body. You see, the church has for so long has been not as loving. We constantly will say, we are, God will constantly say, hey, I love you. But the body will say, I love, but I love you. But I love you. But you made a mistake. But God loves you. Like we have, for so long, the church has judge and criticize people but the people know that God loves them you see the actions are so far from the words we are the body of God we are the body of Christ but one thing that I can say is that I love my church I love Hartford City Church because you know why because we accept people as they are See, we believe here at Hartford City Church that 
It's okay to not be okay. But it is not okay to stay not okay. We believe in the we believe in the transforming power and the love of God. We really, really believe that. We believe that you made a mistake, God still loves you. And we want to stand by you. We have to be a church or a people that love all. You see, I know God loves me. Do you? Can you tell the per- ask the person next to you, I know God loves me, but do you? You see, we have for so long, for so long, okay, for so long, we say to people, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, but we never tell them, hey, I love you. Because it's not, I don't love you because God, Yet because God loves you and God tells me to love you, but I love you because I want to love you. I choose to love you. You see, that, that word love is kind of just, it, it, it got, like, in, in, in English, it's just, I mean, you can love pizza and you can love your mother. It's the same way. You use the same word. It's, but, it's a, yeah, it's a different type of love. You see, we have to learn how to start loving people the right way, but our love has to be grounded in love, and God is love. We truly can't really love somebody until we accept God's love. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son for whoever believes will be saved. We see that there are two key points here. First, Give, second, sacrifice. There is no love without sacrifice. We must choose to love. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. When we feel like, when you feel like you have done enough loving, when you feel like you have done enough, God, uh, love, cause for more when you feel that that you have you have come to church enough or you feel like you gave enough or you feel like you like you have done enough to share God's love guess what love requires more to love is a choice we make every single day i choose to love. I choose to love my wife. I choose to love my son. I choose to love. Love takes action. It is not a convenience. It's it's a uh, requested sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. It requires intentionality. Love is intentional. Love calls for more time if more of me. God gave his son. He gave it all with no backup plan. God gave his son with no backup plan. We have to all, we, I mean, yeah, it's hard sometimes for a lot of us to love because we don't know what really love is. 
or because we've been backstabbed and we've been hurt by someone that supposedly loved me. But we have to receive God's love so we can give the right kind of love. He gave it all so people can believe in him and be saved. Can we give it all so people to know Jesus and believe? If we gave love, understand that God is love. So when we're loving, we're giving Jesus. That's what we're doing every day. We must live to give So to know what really love is, we have to constantly live according to what Scripture says. We see that God's love never quits. In the Bible, from beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, all you see is God's pursuit of love. God is looking to love you so you can love others. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. So when love is in in us, it is easy to love somebody else. And when they receive that love, only one thing can come out of that. Jesus. His love never quits. Can we go to Psalms 136? And we're going to have pastor come up. I'm going to finish with this. And as pastor's reading it, we're all going to, give me one sec. Let me just get it. Psalms. We're going to read it from the, um, from the message version. 136. So when uh, when pastor decides to, when pastor starts to read it, we're all gonna say his love never quits. Can we all say that together? So he's gonna read it, and then we're, he's gonna read one verse, and we're gonna say his love never quits. Here we go. Go all ahead, right. pastor. Thank God, he deserves our thanks. His love never quits. Thank the God of all gods. His love never quits. Thank the Lord of all lords. His Thank the miracle-working God. His love never quits. The God whose skill formed the cosmos. His love never quits. The God who laid out earth on its ocean foundations. His love never quits. The God who filled the skies with light. His love never quits. The sun to watch over the day. His love never quits. The moon and the stars as guardians of the night. His love never quits. The God who struck down the Egyptian firstborn. His love never quits. And rescued Israel from Egypt's oppression. His he took Israel in hand with his powerful hand. His love never quits. He split the Red Sea right in half. His love never quits. Led Israel right through the middle. His love never quits. Dumped Pharaoh and his army in the sea. His love never quits. The God who marched his people through the desert. His love never quits. Smashed huge kingdoms right and left. His love never quits. Struck down famous kings. His love never quits. Struck down Sihon, the Amorite king. His love never quits. Struck Og, the Bashanite king. His that distributed their land as booty. His love never quits. 
handed the land over to Israel. God remembered us when we were down. His love never quits. Rescued us from the trampoline boot. His love never quits. Takes care of everyone in time of need. His love never quits. Thank God who did it all. His love never quits. You just confessed that God's love does not quit. The question I have, how many people did you quit on? Come on, somebody. Who are those people right now in your life that need to know about Jesus and his love? That person that you said that, oh, I constantly keep sharing the, the word. I constantly keep sharing Jesus to come and come to church and experience this and experience this. You, you know, I don't want to keep pressuring you, so I'm going to walk away. Guess what? We walked away from God lots of times. And his love never quits. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm going to finish with this. We have a small little video, an illustration for you. I think, I think you guys will love this. It, I think it uh, changed my life this weekend. So I want to share this with you guys. God bless you guys. What is love? It isn't a noun. Love is not a thing. You don't possess love. You don't keep love in a jar on your shelf so when people come over, you can pull it down and say, look, this is my love. Isn't it pretty? No. Love is a verb. A verb expresses action. You don't have love. You do love. Love is dynamic. It disrupts and dissolves our preconceptions and prejudgments of others. When we do love, we bind ourselves to each other. Love is sticky. It's messy. Once you get a little on you, it's hard to shake. Love is the superglue of the human race. John 3.16, because God loved a dynamic action. The world, every human being, whether you are black, brown, white, male, female, Christian, Catholic, atheist, Muslim, straight, gay, transgender, it doesn't matter. Because God loves you. How do we know? Remember that dynamic action? God let us murder his perfect son as the payment for our lack of doing love. 1 Corinthians 13, God is patient. God is kind. God is not jealous. God does not brag. God is not prideful. God is not rude. God is not selfish. God is not easily angered. God does not keep a list of mistakes. God does not enjoy evil. God protects, God trusts, God hopes, God perseveres because God is love. And God never fails. So I want to speak to you for a couple of minutes about our second value, serve all. 
And you can see that we define these values not from our own minds or not by society, but simply from the revelation of God through his word. So when we want to know what love is, we look at God because God is love and he shows us what love is. When we want to look at what it means to serve all, we look to Jesus Christ as the unique, the one and only son of God, who is God in the flesh, who shows us the way to live. And Jesus Christ said this very important statement. Think about this. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. He said, I did not come to be served. If anyone deserves to be served, it's him. I mean, some of us, you know, we've given our lives to serve the Lord, right? And we grew up talking about, are you serving the Lord? Are you serving the Lord? Are you serving the Lord? He deserves to be served. And we definitely should serve him. But Jesus Christ just totally gave a radical statement when he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So when we say serve all at Hartford City Church, quite simply, we as a church community are committed together through words and actions to help each other and to take care of each other because that's what Jesus showed us to do. You know, it does begin with what we say. Words are important. Words mean something. Words have the power in our lives and in other people's lives. You know, Jesus speaks life into the world. He spoke and the world was created. He speaks life into us. He speaks words over us. He sings over us and we are created. We are transformed. And so by the Holy Spirit, we can speak life into other people. We, we serve all by speaking truth, telling each other truth, speaking love, and telling each other words of love, Right? Because just in the same thing, it's important to speak it, right? It's important to say it as well as to do it. And, of course, it's what we do. We serve by doing. For we know that we can't just stop with the speaking. We can't just say we're going to do something, right? But the proof is when we actually go and do it, when we make those sacrifices that Pastor Angel talked about so that we can serve one another, which means we help each other and we take care of each other. You know, I believe that ministry is expressed in three ways. It's expressed in gifts of love, word, and power. And a really good church, a really healthy church, has all three things in place. It has a ministry of love, a ministry of the word, and a ministry of power. And we begin here on Sunday mornings. That's why we gather. We gather to love each other and to love God. You know, we gather to hear the word of God and to let it transform our lives. And we gather because we believe the power of the Holy Spirit is in each and every one of us. And so we serve one another here. A lot of people come on Sunday morning because they need a touch from God. They need his love. They need his word. They need his power. And that's why they come, because they're in need. But we also come to serve. And I try to tell people all the time, you feel like you don't need to come to church, but someone else needs you to come that Sunday. Because you might be the one to encourage them. You might be the one to love them. You might be the one to pray for them. I might be praying over here with somebody, but somebody over here needs prayer, and I can't get to them because I'm one person. But God says, you go and pray with that person. Is it out of your comfort zone? Yes. Is it strange to talk to strangers? Yes. But it requires sacrifice to serve all and we serve because jesus christ served us each one of us has a gift to share that's why we say serve all because each one of us has a gift that we should share with others we want to help those 
who are in need. It doesn't just end here on Sunday morning. We try to get involved in the community. And you'll hear more about that as we talk about engaging our community through acts of love and service. One of the things we're working on, and we'll tell you more about it in the coming weeks, is we've been collecting coats for people in the winter, and we want to collect some more and have a time, you know, in, in just a few weeks, maybe a couple months, where we can give that away. But we're trying to figure out a way to invite this whole church to do it together. So it's not just doing a few of us, but we can serve those who are in need and we can help them. Part of serving all means that we bring the whole gospel, what Angel shared with us from John 3.16, to the whole world. So that's the part I want to jump off on. If Jesus loves the whole world, for God so loved the world, not part of the world. Come on, right? It's not for God so loved America, or for God so loved Africa, or for God so loved Sweden. You know, it's for God so loved the world, the whole world. So we bring the whole gospel to the whole world. That's why we have partnerships, not just in Hartford, but in Mexico and in Honduras, where we go and we serve. We help them with whatever we need. And those who can't go, you support. You give us donations of the school supplies we're going to take, or you give us money, and that's your way of participating in the serving. Some can give and some can go, but we all serve together, and we serve everyone, and it reminds us that God loves the whole world. We bring it where it's needed most, to the outcast, the ignored, the marginalized, the dismissed, the discarded. We serve with actions because Jesus said, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. You came and you visited with me. And that's important. If I could just jump on that for a second. And I'm going to be 10 minutes too, I promise. Pastor Angel, you did a nice job. We, 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 we go and be with people first, right? And we build relationships with them. That's part of serving. Part, so you've got to start with the love all. You've got to have this attitude of love because a lot of times people serve and there's no love in their service, all right? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like they come and they just do things for you, and it might not even be what you need, but it makes them feel better to come and do something for you, right? Let me show you a short parable if I can. Imagine someone comes into your house and they see the dishes are in the sink and you haven't got to them yet, even though you were going to get to them. My wife's in the nursery, but she knows I say this all the time, right? Right? And someone comes in and just starts cleaning up your house without saying anything to you. Would you feel a little weird? Right? No? You'd be like, hey, she'd be like, hey man, we're keeping it real. The sort of be like, no, right? Well, I would Cage is like, clean it up, we'll talk later. But what you would want, what you would want is you want relationship too, right? Because I don't want someone coming over and just working. And whether they do it or do it after, I bet Keisha would love it too if that person sat down and said, hey, how's it going? I love you. Let's share, let's share a cup of coffee. Let's share a Coke. Let's share a word together, right? Because that's what it's about, right? But sometimes we don't even do that. We don't even actually get out and do it. But we do it with those who need it the most. That's where we start because that's where Jesus started. Jesus said when he came to his hometown in Nazareth, when, when he first began his ministry, And when he was prepared by being tested in the desert by the devil, and when God brought him, he went to his hometown, into his own synagogue, a gathering like this, and his very first sermon, the very first thing he said was he opened up the scroll of the ancient prophet Isaiah, and he unrolled it to where it was written in Isaiah right here, chapter 61, and he said, listen, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free and some people didn't like the message that he gave because we want it to be just for us but it really needs to go out to everyone to the whole world and jesus says i want to begin in the places where it needs it the most 
because it starts there and it rises up from there. A few years ago, God gave me a picture of that as I was standing in a neighborhood in Mexico. And as I was standing, it was a neighborhood with a dirt road, and there's lots of hills in Baja California and Southern California. It's a very hilly land, okay? And it doesn't rain often, but when it does rain, it creates these ravines and these crevices, you know, that run down the hill, and then they run down into the streets. And I got to thinking about that while I'm standing there one night, and I'm th- looking at all of the, 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 like, dry ravines that have been made by the rain. I'm thinking about when the rain starts, it hits up at the top first, but where does it go? It flows down, right? And then I looked at the street, and there was all those ruts in the street, and you could see where the water would run down there until it gets to where the lowest part. God's love flows down from heaven. And where does it go down to? The lowest part first. But from there, it builds up until it's a flood of love that covers the entire earth. I want to conclude by saying this. We could flip serve all as well and say that all serve because that's what a church is intended to be. It's not intended to be just for the few that serve. And certainly it starts with us. We as leaders are committed to be servant leaders because Jesus was a servant leader. We are committed that as Jesus has called us to lead, he's called us to serve. That means that we will do whatever we can to help you, to encourage you, to equip you, to release the gifts in you, to empower you, to pray for you, to walk alongside of you, to listen to you, to be there so that you can be released for all that God has called you to do which is to serve others. It's not just for a few people in the church. It's for everyone. Everyone serves everyone. That's another way I would put this value of Hartford City Church. All serve, and we serve all, because the all in all, Jesus Christ, has first served us. Amen. Now I'm going to invite Brian to come and share with us about Welcome All. Tristan, can we have the uh, that verse one up there? So what I wanted to do is just a little bit different. Um, I wanted to talk about the verses of the song, which is uh, talks about our values of love all, serve all, and welcome all. And um, about two years ago, I, I wrote this song for the church because. It's something that I always love to do is write songs and wanted to write something that captures the spirit of our community and our values and our goals. And what I wanted to do for just a second this morning is talk about some of the, the passages of Scripture that this song talks about and references because I want us to have a sense of the vision in them. Because our attempts to welcome all are grounded in God's welcome of us. And our attempts to love all and serve all, as as Pastor Phil and angels shared, are rooted in God's love of us and God's service of us. And so now I want to talk about God's welcome of us and some of the most beautiful passages of Scripture in the whole Bible that talk about where things are going Because ultimately, our hope and our practice of welcome isn't rooted in 
taking a poll and seeing what's happening and what seems to be cool now. It's rooted in this beautiful, eternal vision of God and where God is directing all of history. So let's take a second. We're looking at verse 1 here. We lift you high above the city. It's about glorifying God and not running away from the city like a lot of Christians have done. We lift our hearts to you in prayer and offer you our hands in service. And here we go. We join the choir of many nations. That's the choir of many nations around the throne that we see in Revelation 7. I'm going to read from verse 9 to around verse 12. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And that is the choir of many nations that I was trying to write about, that we're joining the people of God from every tongue and tribe and nation, that multitude that's going to worship Jesus, that's going to be around the throne room, in the throne room of God from everywhere. And that's the promise we stand united in. We're united in the promise of God to be with us and to take us to that glorious worship session. That's going to go on for a long time. Okay, let's move to to slide two, please, the second verse. Now, this is where the song gets a little bit dark. It gets a lot darker than a lot of worship songs do because it's talking about the reality of what we're living in. The, the fact that we live in a place, as we people talk about, that's more and more polarized, where there's less and less civility, less and less politeness, more and more seeing other people really as enemies, not just opponents, but enemies, people to just completely dismiss and hate and say horrific things about. And we seem to be in a cultural moment where dissing people with incredible efficiency is what we have achieved. People have said for years that if you want to say beautiful things, you could say it in Spanish, you could say it in you know Portuguese. If you want to really seduce someone, use French. If you want to really, really insult someone efficiently, go for English. Because we have an amazing capacity for tearing people down in English. Uh, and I think that our, you know, Silicon Valley achieved, like, the perfection of that with things like Twitter, uh, where we can destroy people and their reputations permanently in 140 characters or less. It's an amazing achievement. But this land, with our politics, with our cultural divides, what I, what I was just feeling 
which comes from Isaiah. We're going to go to Isaiah. And this is a passage that's usually talked about the commission or the calling of Isaiah to be a prophet of God and to stand up for God and for God in the midst of a situation where that was not a popular choice. So this is Isaiah's commission, Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I send, Here I am. Send me. So he is cleansed for service with this coal from the altar. And the unclean lips, or I think it's more colloquial English to call it filthy lips. They're just filthy. I just live, the sense of living in a place that's so dirty with some of the worst that human beings can do through their words and participating in that and being part of that culture of, of dissing and dismissal and disrespect and hatred. And so that's what this second thing is about. It's prayer. The second verse is all about being freed from the fear that's so around us, so toxic. Like 1 John 4.18 says, there's no fear in love. But complete or perfect love drives out fear. And it's about us being cleansed, our lips being cleansed for, for holiness, for love, for speech that builds people up. And then let's go to verse 3. So verse 3 is about our cry for justice. It's about looking around and seeing the country and seeing the world and not being blind to it. Not pretending that everything is okay because I'm okay, my family's okay for the moment. But really allowing ourselves to experience the heartbreak and the brokenness of our city, our country, our world, our lives and not turning away from that, but praying through it, where we long for that day, where there really is justice, where we yearn for the return of Jesus, where everything will be made right. 
And we recognize, as that last line says, when your will on earth will finally be done. We realize that we pray, as in the the Lord's Prayer, which we can find in Matthew, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're recognizing that God's will is not done here. There's so much here in us, around us, that is so tragic, that is so broken, that is so not what God wants. What does God want? God wants us to be purified with that coal in our lips so that we can speak words of love and encouragement and find good in people and find the redemptive vision for the people and the situations that we see that have a hope that isn't based on pretending things are okay or narrowing our vision to just, I'm okay right now because I feel fine and I have a good job or whatever, but that stays open to that and longs for it, prays for the justice of God. And ultimately, we look toward that heavenly city and joining that choir of every nation and language and tongue where everybody joins in praise and worship and joy. And that is the welcome that we have to extend. We're not, this isn't a palace, this isn't perfect, but what we're trying to do is to be a sign of the love of God, the hope of God, and the welcome of God in the midst of a place that needs a little light, and we, we're not perfect. We are not perfect. But we're on the way. And this is what we're on the way to. We're on the way toward that heavenly choir. And we're welcoming other people. It doesn't matter how your voice is. What matters is being part of that choir. Amen. What a beautiful job. Uh, would you join with me in prayer? Lord God, we just ask now that you would, you would speak to us, Lord God. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And as the Lord has spoken to you, as the Lord has just you know, shared through his servants a, a vision of what he wants, would you respond this morning? Do you want to be the kind of person whose life is to love everyone, to serve everyone, and to welcome everyone? into this beautiful now and still coming reality of the amazing kingdom of God. Maybe God is calling you out of something today. I know God was speaking to me. God, would you cleanse us in this moment, God? Would you call us out of that which is darkness? Would you call us out of that which is dirty? Would you call us out of that which is lazy and call us into your love, Lord God? Call us into your light. Forgive us and cleanse us, Lord Jesus. Just going to leave a moment of silence and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you and do some work in your life.
And then would you just in your own words, in your own heart, just give God thanks. Give him thanks for speaking to you. Give him thanks for his love for you. Thanks for Jesus Christ in your life. And this morning, if you're someone who has never received Jesus into your life, then I invite you to receive him into your life right now. To say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Fill me with your love and forgive me of my sins. And then from this moment on, you can give thanks to God for Jesus Christ in your life. And Lord, finally, I ask everyone to join with me in praying to you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that, that you would build us to be a place at Hartford City Church where these values are not just written down and not just talked about, but these values are lived out, both when we gather here on Sunday and each and every place that you call us to during the week, God, whether it's a work or a school or a grocery store or a street or a park or a room or a house or an apartment or even in a car with someone. Lord God, let HCC people be the kind of people that love all, serve all, and welcome all, all the time through your strength that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As we prepare just to, to commit ourselves to the Lord, we're going to do it through song as well. The song that we've chosen to end, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward and begin to get ready. It's called Build My Life. It's about building our life upon God's love, upon these values that we believe are his values. So as we sing this song, this song can be a way that you commit yourself to God. As we sing and we worship, we want you to know that the front, what we call the altar, the meeting place between God and people is always open. So as the music begins to play, and if you'd like to come forward and pray, uh, Brian and Pastor Angel will be here to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, if you just want to come and kneel, you can do that. And finally, I want to say this because this is not something separate from what we do, but we believe that our giving is a part of our worship. And we're thankful for everyone that gives to this church, to this house online, and you can do that through our website, right from your phone or computer or whatever. Uh, you can also give, though, by putting into these blue offering jars. And I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite uh, the people that are holding them to come forward even now and stand in their places because maybe today during this song you'd like to give your offering. Maybe God is wanting you to see that that is an act of worship. It's not something that's separate, but it's a part of your whole life worship to God. And if you have a connect card, maybe there's a prayer request that God has sparked in you that you want to put in there that we can pray with you. Maybe there's a way that you want to be involved and get and serve the church and you can fill out a connect card and do that. But when the music starts to play, when I'm done praying, these guys are going to move to the doors and you can go and give during the song this morning or at the end of the song when we dismiss. That's our general and normal time that we give our offerings. If you've already given online, thank you. Thank you so much. And again, I'm asking everyone if they would consider this month of October uh, to give us an extra anniversary gift that we may continue to grow the way God wants us to grow. We love this phrase we came across, that the vision of this house will grow with the pace of our generosity towards God. Would you stand together, join me in prayer, and then we're going to sing and worship. Lord God, we pray now that you would receive our gifts, that you would receive this song, that you would receive our words, our actions, our hearts, our very lives as worship unto you, God, because you deserve all the glory, honor, and praise.